Yeah. Oh, the frames. I mean, I it's, mean. it's it's pretty rad. It's decorated well. Oh, I just noticed you're wearing a Foo Fighter shirt, and I got a yes. new shirt on. So. Oh, that's sweet, <laughs> man. Oh, it's meant to be. Yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, Old yeah. Navy has these shirts, man. I'm like, wow, you know. <laughs> the original Heck, ones yeah. cost so much money now; it's insane. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I had a uh, an old. What was it? It was the piece. I think it was pieces. Um, the Pearl Jam. Yeah. Shirt. It was like a yellow square with a kid in it. I think it yes. said pieces or something like that. I had that when I was like early nineties. It would still <laughs> fit me if I had it, but man, I don't know what I did with that. I wish I still had that thing, dude. That'd I know, be amazing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, hey man, um, thank you. Uh this is Kimball Walters, man. Thank you for being on the show, brother. Of course, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Happy I, to be here. I first found out about you because of uh Josh and uh Dane, the sports show. I was on their yeah. show and then you were on obviously on theirs. <laughs> That was cool. Yeah, that was super fun. It was it was interesting because when they asked me to do it, I was like, I am I am the furthest from a sports guy, you know. Like I used <laughs> yeah. to skateboard in high school, and that's really as far as I went, you know. And so I was like, I hope they don't ask me like my favorite team or like what I think about, I don't know, Nolan Ryan. I mean, that's as that's <laughs> see, that's that's as that's as uh current as I get, you know. Oh, same here. Same. That's so funny yeah. you said that. I thought the same thing. I was like, I know nothing uh, about sports. Yeah, they were killer though. They were, uh, or I was just one of them. Um, but he was, he was a cool, dude. It was a good, yeah, good combo. Yeah. Oh man, I'm, I'm so, uh, so pumped to hear about you. You're opening for Candlebox, right? On yeah, July 14th. Yeah, yeah. That uh, it's creeping up on us. It's a uh, ages kind of didn't do anything for a little bit. Like the pandemic kind of you know, it shut everyone down. And then I kind of got nervous about playing the size of shows that ages would, would do, you know, like, like the clubs, like the couple hundred seaters or whatever. That's like where we live if we're touring uh, on our own or whatever. And for the safety protocol and all that stuff, I was just a little in my head of like, I don't know if, if that's worth it because it was the thing of like, if you get sick on the road, then you got to pull out it for 14 days You've got a rental, you've got merch, you got to bail on all your shows. And so it just seemed like a big liability, you know? Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately we didn't play for a while, but now it seems like, you know, perfect time to come back. Everyone seems healthy. I just was at a wedding with like 300 people. I flew there uh, with a bunch of bars, you know, nobody got sick. Yeah. Great. So I'm, I'm all about it now. Now I'm like, okay. Yeah. Kickstarting full gear, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Being a being a singer, it's like your voice is your instrument. That's got to be nerve wracking. Taking care of your voice every night. I don't know how people like drink and party and stuff and still perform the next day. Yeah, I'm I'm horrible at taking care of my boy my voice. I don't like I don't party. I mean, I'm I'm drinking a beer now. Cause yeah, me too. Yeah, it's just like you know my my nightcap kind of vibe. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Well, cheers. Um, cheers. I guess I should drink it. Yeah, yeah me too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. But you know, I like I like my beers, and I also like talking that's my that's my biggest crutch on the road is i just like to talk to everyone and so i'll lose my voice from just non-stop use you know like our shows you usually when we're out opening for people it's like 35 to 45 or so minutes so it's not super long but i'll scream a, a ton but then it's as soon as we're out uh, as soon as we're finished i'm at the merch table just talking and that's what kills me and yeah. then we'll go to the bar maybe but <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting that that you meet at the merch table. I was just listening to Dino from Fear Factory, and he was saying that that they're not going to do meet and greets. That he'd rather just meet at the merch. So I kind of understand Meeting, both. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah, so what do you feel about that? 
I love meeting in the merch table. I think uh, when you're a bigger band, it's probably harder because, uh, well, for example, being a small band, what we would usually do is as soon as we would hit our last note, uh, if say say the one of the last tours we did, like full tours, we were out with that band, Chevelle. Um, so as soon as we would hit the last note every single night, I would run down the stage, run through the crowd straight to the merch and the crowd loved it because they're like, oh, my gosh, you were just up there giving 150 percent. Now you're here selling your merch. It's like, well, we're a band that wants to survive. So we're, we're we're cutting corners wherever we can. And I think seeing somebody from the band selling the merch and being there it just helps you as a as a new artist. sell. Mm -hmm. but if you were, say, for example, Chevelle running down to your merch table, you probably wouldn't sell a third of what you would normally sell because everyone would just block traffic and talk to you you know what i mean yes so yeah. i think it, i think it works depending on the size of your band for smaller bands i think if you can get to the merch table it's amazing because you're going to meet a lot of new friends and potentially people that are going to support you forever and maybe become new members start your street team you know just be good homies you might even meet your significant other you never know but mm. it's just a great place to like hang and meet people if anything you get free drinks which is always nice um and then yeah sorry I, I rambled so i forgot where i was going with that no yeah. no 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 that you answered <laughs> it perfect yeah and i didn't even mention that you were in your you are currently in chevelle uh chevelle mm -hmm. and and juliet lewis you were in juliet lewis and the the licks as well uh still am yeah so still am. the, the okay. licks yeah so the licks thing was um we all you know it was like um i guess i had a couple other bands before that but that was i had a band called the rise right we're not vice versa right before that I've had too many bands, man. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> and I, I never say any of them are done, you know, like the rise was a band that I'm originally a drummer. So the rise was a band that I was a drummer for. Uh, we got scouted by Rick Rubin's team and he came to one of the shows killer story. We broke up before we could sign with them, but they offered us a deal, which was rad. But that band was 2000, 2001, 2002 ish. And we still have a text thread about like getting together to jam, like play hardcore shows and stuff. Uh, so I never, I'm never out of anything. I just, I, you know, as long as the people are good. But yeah, so the Licks yeah. thing, um, we're actually going to play on the 1st of July at this place called Desert Five. So everyone in the Licks, we all do a Tom Petty, Johnny Cash cover band for fun, mm -hmm. obviously minus Juliet. You know, and like, yeah, so cool. we'll, we'll learn the song. Yeah, it's awesome. We'll learn the songs like 90%. And then the other 10% is just us like throwing on like fuzz pedals and riffing out or like making sure people are dancing or whatever. But Juliet's going to come out and sing a song with us. And so we're like, all right, you never know what's going to happen. So we should brush up on some lick songs because we might all of a sudden just do a mini lick show because we're all up there. And once the spark goes, you know, cause a yeah. fire, you never know be ready or somebody could blow it out either way <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see but yeah um are, are you yeah, gonna so, like uh, are you gonna film that that when you guys play are you, would that be available oh, yeah. like on youtube and all that uh hopefully yeah i mean i'm dude somebody's gonna feel but like it's a this place says five is super hip um it's a fun spot in hollywood and i swear it's like all everyone there is like some big instagrammer or tiktok star some crap you know or like la model i don't know it's like it's it's one of those new hot spots so they're they're always like this i don't know what they yeah, look yeah. like you know what their phone looks like you know what i mean <laughs> so i'm sure there's gonna be a ton of stuff but depending on uh if i have time i'll probably do like a an ig live or some crap you know mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Dude, how did you um <laughs> how did how did you hook up with uh Juliet Lewis? I mean, one of my favorite movies is Christmas Vacation. I mean, you're you're oh, yeah. you're in a band with a movie star. That's so that's so cool. It, I don't know if she likes yeah, that or not. I mean, can you not talk about Natural Born Killers or anything like oh, that? Oh no, she loves it, dude. She's I mean, she's uh she's an awesome person. Um her and I are like I would say our relationships like brother sister vibe. You know, like we're super close. When I moved out to LA, I didn't have enough money for an apartment. So the reason I moved to LA was, I guess I'm going to go here and I'll start in the beginning. But the reason I moved to LA was she asked me to be in her band and I didn't have enough money to live anywhere. And so she had this house in Burbank is where she was living at the time. And it was just her. So she's like, you can live with me for free, you know, cause you know, we like you and you're cool, whatever. And so I had uh, the whole time I lived with her, I had my bedroom, which was a killer bedroom, but it was just a mattress on the floor. And I was such a young, like broke musician at the time that I didn't even think of like, oh, maybe I should get a bed frame or anything. I just slept on the floor the whole time. It was like two years wow. I lived with her. I just slept on a mattress on the floor. Um, <laughs> but the way that this is pretty funny, but the way that we hooked up was, oh, I'm sorry, getting buzzed. So the way that we uh, hooked up was, so I had a band called The Rise, uh, put out two records, hardcore band, I was a drummer. And then from there, I started this band called Vice Versa, which was like, kind of like the darkness and the Foo Fighters and like kind of that more like radio rock solos, big drums. Um, and I was the singer guitar player of that band. And this dude, Jay Parkin, who now he works for Taylor Guitars, he was Juliet's uh, manager at the time. And he was basically scouting a band for her because she wanted to be in a band. And so he was in like this underground scene. So he got the guitar player for H2O he got Patty Schimmel from Hole to play drums. Oh. He got Paul Ill, who's like this the most insane session bass player ever. And then they called me to be the guitar player or the lead guitar player, the other guy. And that's kind of how the whole thing went down. And so the first time I met Juliet um, and Todd and Patty and Paul was, this is back in like a CD. So it was like 2003, right? So they asked me to do it. I get on the phone with Juliet. We, we, we vibe. They like my vibe. And so basically it was, it was her manager was a fan of mine. And so that's how the whole thing went down. And, you know, he, he made the story of like, you need this guy. And like, like he did with everyone else. And so when it came to me learning the songs, they had, they had five songs that they had written. Um, I didn't get them until the day I was leaving because it was snail mail back then oh, too. No. It was like, you know, 2004, I know 2003 is when they were sending me, we were talking. And so, I mean, I guess they had overnight delivery too, but I, they didn't choose that for me, but they sent me a CD as before, you know, all the stuff on your phone, but right. they sent me the CD. And so I have my ticket. I'm like, crap, they never sent me the songs. I'm about to leave the house to go, but I guess it's okay. We'll I'll learn it when I get there. And so I open my door and as I open the door, it's the FedEx guy and he's got a package from Jay and it's their five song EP that they made. And I didn't have time to sit at home and learn the songs. I was heading to the airport. And so basically I grabbed my band vice versa because I had just finished that record. Mm -hmm. I grabbed our record and I had hers. And so on the plane, I would go back and forth so I could hear the chords because I mean, this stuff's not crazy, you know, and so I would hear the notes. We're like, OK, that's this. And I would write it down. And I learned their whole album that way. And so I didn't realize this, but we land in L.A., go straight to Juliet's house. First thing I did was meet her, which is, you know, kind of a big shock because I was like, oh, crap. I, you know, I was living in Texas in Austin at the time. 
before that I lived in Indonesia. I was I was extremely far removed from any celebrity or any anything super successful in the arts, which was my dream, you know. And so like this was this was my dream lived, you know, standing in front of me. I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. We vibed, it was cool. And then we go straight to rehearsal and I hadn't played a guitar yet. Oh crap. And so we get there. And I'm, you know, I think it's one of those things when you're early 20s, I think I was like 22. I was like, this is easy, dude. No problem. <laughs> Fine. And yeah. the confidence made it easy. Like I even in my head, I learned the lead guitar. Like at the time, Todd, who's now the rhythm guy, I learned his leads from from the record that uh, they sent me. And so we would start playing and I'd start playing his parts. I look over I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, man. They're doing this, whatever. <laughs> um, but it worked just going back and forth from my album to the licks album it was cool yeah that's insane yeah. imagine if you practice ahead of time you would have like you would have been able to do everything <laughs> yeah it would have been telling I mean, the other guy nice. what to play <laughs> yeah. it would have been nice but dude the, <laughs> the funny thing that todd uh he was like my best man at my wedding the other guitar player he's like the best in the world i mean all the licks guys are but uh when i lived in austin i got really into like fashion and everything and jay linderberg was one of my favorite brands and now you know back then they would do suits and cool stuff like that now they do mainly like really hip golf clothes which is so cool yeah but uh when we met he had a jay linderberg headband wrapped around his and his on his wrist like it was like his like you know kind of like kind of like a this you know uh -huh. arm protector for the guitar and i was like oh jay linderberg he's like bro you know jay linderberg man it's still <laughs> you know it was, that's the way we hit it off and then <laughs> Oddly enough, the weird things that happen with the licks is fast forward. We're touring uh, in Europe and Juliet would always ask me like who the hip like clothing brands were. I guess this is so lame to say, but I don't know. I thought it was cool. Yeah. But I was like, Linda, I love Lindeberg. I love all these companies. And then we ended up doing a bunch of stuff with Lindeberg and he became one of our homies and we would just party all the time. Whoa. And it was like, it, yeah, it, that whole world being in that band when we were at our peak was like, it was chaos in the best way, but it was, it was like very much live fast. Like there was a lot of stuff happening. It was yeah. Wild. You, you guys are probably playing really big shows, you know? Uh, and I know I see her on yeah. talk shows and I mean, did you guys ever do late night with her, with the band? Uh, yeah, we did. Um, so we did, we did Jay Leno. That was the only one that we did in the States. Um, and funny enough, I got into a car accident, like, a couple of days before that, picking my mom up from the airport who was coming into town to watch us play Jay Leno. So like every parent's nightmare is your kid gets into an accident coming to pick you up. These are long yeah. stories. You want me to tell you these stories? No, They're I love kind it. Of funny. Yeah. We got okay. It. <laughs> so, so uh, my mom's coming into town. I, this is MapQuest, like print out directions. Oh Quest, yeah. Right? I remember those days. Yeah. 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 And um, I was totally turned around because when you go downtown LA, you can basically take the freeway overpass that that bypasses all the the exits or you can go underneath mm -hmm. and you can hit the exits so it's just that if there's traffic you go on the over i didn't know this yet all i knew was yeah. burbank you know <laughs> and i knew one way in and out all my friends were like dude it's five minutes to get to the club and you're taking 40 minutes i'm like i i go this way and i come out this way that's all i know <laughs> and yeah. so i'm trying to find my mom and i I go on this overpass going to LAX and I was like, Oh crap. I, I think that was wrong. So I get off and I realize, okay, going the right way, get back on the intersection, but it's raining. And so I, and the intersections go like this, they're like a big U, you know, okay. coming yeah. on. Um, so it's not just like a straight shot back on the freeway. 
So I go to get onto the freeway and it's raining, it's pouring down. And I hit like some slick on the on-ramp and my car spins out and it ends up on an embankment, like a, you know, a bunch of mud, you know, three ways right here, a bunch of mud. And I'm facing the, uh, or no, I was facing the right way. And I, I get out of my car cause I'm not on the road anymore. And I look, cause I hear a crack. I look under my car thinking something's broken. The next thing I know, I hear squealing and I stand up and a, 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 a truck hit my car and I was standing in front of it, my car hit me knocked my teeth out and threw me back I blacked out you know oh woke up God. whatever wow long story short there were teenagers in the car parents come don't say anything to me take the kids away cops ask me hey are you okay uh can you drive your car I go I can't drive this car because something broke I'm afraid of it now but I have blood all over my shirt and they're like are you okay yes I'm okay so they tow my car and they leave me on the side of the road with a, a, a snare drum and a bag of cds and blood all over me and so i walk over to the stop sign and there's a church across the street where there's a wedding happening and they just they i see the bride look over i'm just sitting here hunched over with blood on me and a snare drum and cds and you're toothless too is that right I'm yeah, toothless, no, no just, yeah. yeah i didn't I, I didn't look good and uh they, they, i feel like they've been totally bummed their day out i'm sure for at least a good couple of minutes but uh Oh, that's my, terrible. My label owner, yeah, my label owner finally found me. My mom ended up getting a cab to the hotel. And so she was just like, I don't know where he is. But yeah, I guess fast forward. Then I had to do the the late night show with no teeth. I think I kept my, my mouth shut. Uh, oh. We did Jonathan Ross in the UK. And it was, this one was, uh, we actually didn't play. Juliet was doing a talk show. And Jonathan Ross, um, the way they do it is, if the guest is boring, they have a camera on the backstage where all the guests, the other guests are. And so they can be like, oh, let's see what everyone else is doing. You know, it kind of yeah. helps the flow. It's a pretty genius idea. Yeah. And so the backstage, they were like, we need two of your band members. And so it was me and Todd and the other guys were in the audience. So me and Todd are backstage and it's Courtney Love, Todd, oh. me, or no, Courtney Love, David Swimmer, Todd, me, and then Oasis. And That's amazing. <laughs> we were just... Yeah, we were just sitting on this couch, and for some reason, somebody had told Todd that a great drink to stay awake if you're tired, but also you want to have a cocktail, is red wine and Coke. No, what, what, like, like what, what kind of Coke are you talking Okay. Yeah, Coca-Cola. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta clarify yeah. that, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we're drinking this, and it's freaking awful, but I guess right. after you have three of them, it's pretty good. You don't right. notice, right? And so we're sitting down, and uh, Liam looks over and is like, mate what is this that you keep ordering i'm like bro it's red wine and coke i don't know this guy told me to get it and he goes let me see it and he grabs it he's like let me try it i'm like oh crap so liam from oasis is gonna try yeah. my drink that's cool amazing and keep in mind everyone yeah keep in mind everyone told us before this happened is like the oasis guys are really rude and they're gonna hate us mm, mm, we're okay. like okay so we're we're already under, under the assumption up. that yeah, they, yeah they, we're under the assumption that they're gonna be like total jerks to us I'm like all right so Liam tastes it and he goes, Oh man, that's that's interesting. And he passed it over to his brother, and his brother's like, Oh yeah, man. I don't, maybe, maybe. And so basically <laughs> my drink goes around to the whole band. And at this point, I'm like, I don't know if I want to drink this anymore. But also, like, I'm getting like rock and roll saliva, you know, like yeah. that's rock and roll royalty. And so they hand it back. 
And I'm like, oh, this is freaking cool. Wow, these guys just drinking on my thing. And so it, it sparked this whole conversation. And then from there, those dudes were like, come to the, come to our stage. They they played a, they had a, that's right when Ringo's son was playing drums with them, Zach Starkey. Oh, cool. Right when he started. Mm-hmm. Um, but Liam took Todd and I to a stage to talk about all his things. Basically just showed us everything to a T, what he was using and how he uses it. All because this red wine and Coke. And then we hung out for a while afterwards. All to come to the conclusion is either we're really cool or all our friends are a bunch of idiots and they don't they they don't know anything about nice people. Oh because okay, the Oasis yeah. guys are freaking awesome. <laughs> that's so yeah. that's refreshing to hear that they're awesome to hang out with. I've always heard the opposite. That's so cool. I think you gotta be like you got to be prepared for brashness, you know, like, like everyone's got their, their way of projecting and and doing stories and stuff. And you just got to be, you know, you should know they're not gentle folk, you know? Yeah. They're going to be hardcore and like aggressive. And I, it's fun. As long as you can tackle along with it and like run with it then you're good. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I remember, uh, do you remember, you yeah, obviously remember the, uh, the Oasis MTV unplugged. How cool that was! I'm trying to remember which brother. So good. It was only one brother singing, right? And the other brother was in the, in the seats just watching them. You, you remember that story? Oh crap! I don't remember that. If that was it, that was probably Liam, the yes. guitar player, was probably the one. Yeah. And then Noel, Noel's the main That's it. singer. Yeah. yeah, that would yeah. make sense. That's it's funny. So, so crazy yeah. watching that. <laughs> I'll have to look that up because I didn't realize that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, dude. I have to send it to you, man. Um, are you yeah. guys have a? a, a we'll, we're going to talk about Chevelle in a in a sec. Yeah. But um, uh, ages, you guys are you recording a new album right now? Yes. So it's pretty much done. Um, we're kind of taking it in steps, which is nice. So we have three songs already in the mix process with our our buddy Bo Rochelle, who's done. Uh, everything from Weightless on, so Weightless, Drama, and the two singles that came out after. Uh, he's awesome. He's a guitar player that band stays in, super producer uh, out in California. Um, nice. But we have a 10-song album that is finished. Three songs are being mixed while I'm just wrapping up all the loose ends and basically tightening things up to get it to him. But the plan, um, I feel like it's you know, a whole new world now where you can just talk about everything openly and uh, hope that something lands kind of thing. Whereas like back in the day, if you tried to say any of your business stuff, um, you might not get your deal or whatever. Oh, but wow. Yeah. Basically, we're just we're just looking we're looking for a home, whether it's independently released, which we will do and we have done. Um, ideally, it'll be a label. Um, so we're going to try to get these three songs right, get them out to some people, see what happens. But it's coming out either way, but ideally it'll be a label, you know. Yeah, I got some. <laughs> I got some friends in uh, Islander, and they're doing a Kickstarter right now. Have you guys ever done anything like that before, or thought about it? Uh, no. I like. I don't have anything against it. I just don't think I could ever ask my fans or friends to give me money in advance for something that I want to do. You know what I mean? And I'm not throwing shade totally. at anybody by any means, you know, like, it's totally cool. Like I've brought GoFundMes and Kickstarters up to my friends, like, oh, you need to do that. You should do this. But for me, I just feel like this is like a labor of love. And so for me to ask somebody to give me, you know, say now you can do records cheaper, like $15,000 to do an album, mm. it's going to take me seven months before they would even get their, their CD 
And that's quick, you know, from their donation. And then you got to think of like, okay, this person gave 150 bucks. They need more than just a CD. So your repay has to be like way higher than their donation, you know? Right. And so oh, I just yeah, feel like yeah. that's, that's a stressful, yeah, stressful thing. I just don't like to owe people anything, you know? I, I I'm totally always down that, to help yeah. and give. I just don't like to owe it. Yeah. <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I understand that, man. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I've asked a lot of people this question. But, you know, with Spotify and uh, all these platforms, are you guys going to slowly, like, release your songs? Like, wanna, do you like doing that? Just kind of slowly, you know, here's a song, here's a song, or, <laughs> uh, you, you know what I, I mean? Or, I, wanted, I wanted to do something like that. Um, my bass player was so against it. It's funny, because, I mean, he's going to watch this, and so this is me calling him out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, that was always my thing of, like, okay, this is the new era of, release a song a month, you know, do your whole full length album and release one song every month. And then by the 11th month, like say you start in January, by the 11th month, you release the whole thing mm. as a package, you know, and maybe like, a, like two B sides or something. So it's a little bit different, but then you have an album as opposed to just all these singles, but the singles still yeah. stay there, but then you have the album. Right. And right. he was always against it against, ah, oh, dude, no, that doesn't make sense. That makes sense. Well, our buddy Bert, the singer the original singer fear factory yeah. they went to a show together and he mentions ah oh, you know maybe i'm going to be doing it this way and tony calls me and goes bro just talk to bird and he's gonna do a single scene it sounds like a great idea and i was like <laughs> i've been i've been pushing you on that for like years and you were against it um so i guess it's a long way of me saying i'm totally into it but on that note this album doesn't lend itself to that there's too many different songs like it's very much like like a, a wave album. you know yeah. like it's yeah. it's yeah and so unfortunately i don't think there's you know we'll probably do singles probably like three songs we can we can put out there that are that are fine by themselves but there's a couple that it's like you put it out by themselves it's gonna be like this doesn't make sense yeah it's a little strange yeah <laughs> No, I understand, yeah. man. My favorite albums are like that. We listen from start to finish, and they kind of have a yeah. you know, flow to them. Uh, have sure. you ever done like yeah. a concept album before? I know that's a random question. Um, I mean, like lyrically, right? Yeah, I guess that's yeah. the only way you do the concept. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to, but I hate writing lyrics. Um, oh, I, I, I love, I love connecting with my lyrics, but it's there's sometimes where it's like. I'll go through these dry spells where nothing's inspiring me. And I like, I feel like I have nothing to say. And then all of a sudden I'll get into this groove where it's just like, just a bunch of emotion and, and stuff makes sense and clicks with the words that I'm, I'm putting down. So this album I feel has that, but it's not uh, a story. Um, yeah. I've, I've gotten caught in the trap many times of writing relationship style lyrics and on this record, and it's funny because most of the time the relationship could you could look at it as like a, a, a like a a love relationship, you know what I mean? Uh, you and your partner, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'm usually writing about the industry or about something different than being in an actual like committed relationship, which is interesting. People always ask my wife, like, "Are you?" Uh, are you happy with these lyrics? Are you, are you <laughs> listening to these lyrics? And she's like, it's not about me. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, um, but this, this record, this record, I made sure to, to focus on everything, but a relationship style 
lyric you know there's one yeah. song that was we wrote uh before the pandemic happened and so that one has a is that one's called chasing ghosts that's one's a, a little bit relationshipy sounding yeah i mean it's, it's balladish so it works but yeah oh yeah, that, yeah so i guess long answer no i haven't done the, <laughs> <laughs> the concept record yeah <laughs> do, do you ever have um do you feel pressure that you have to write the lyrics or do you ever work with other songwriters glad you asked uh i haven't for me, I, I write with other people and I love it. Like I love the collaboration process. I don't ask anyone to write with me. And I don't, that's not an ego thing. I think it's just, I want to make sure that I'm saying everything I want to say. And if I'm going to collaborate with somebody, it's going to be my band members first, you know, mm -hmm. and we're not under any crazy timeline that we're not delivering a product that's good enough to release that would need somebody to come in and save the day, you know, yeah. and help us bring these songs to life um but on the lyric side there's a couple of songs that are still demo versions of me mumbling like i'll sing melodies i'll get melodies usually first and i'll i'll get the syllables you know and certain consonants will be like oh okay that needs to be a k or an l or you know whatever and it's two words or two syllables one syllables i'll usually get that first and then i'll write lyrics to it there's a couple of songs like that which i didn't have and i asked my my baseball. I don't remember if he brought it up or, or he knew that I was having trouble and he was like, I don't want to step on any toes, but you know, I've been going through some stuff. You, uh, would you be interested in hearing what I have to say? And I was like, dude, please. I don't want to be the only one, you know? Right, right. And so I'm, I'm open to all of it. Uh, as far as outside writers though, it's, I, I prefer and have still only used the people within my circle, my band. Yeah. Yeah. But Tony is writing, uh, at least three, so far, so far he's got one, but he's doing three at least lyrically. Oh, oh that's so cool! Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I guess you, you, uh, you. So I, what I'm gathering is you don't write before the music's done. You wait till the music's finished and kind of do like what, what they call it, like mumble tracks, kind of. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of like a I'm mean, wearing the Bonner shirt, but I think that's kind of what like Kurt would do, and his whole thing. I mean, he was like Nirvana and Foo's and Grohl and. Yeah. Girl and Kurt were like, oh, I want to sing like Kurt. I want to be like Dave because he plays everything and he's a front man. And he does all that whole thing. So those are always the guys I looked up to still do. And uh, Kurt would, he would always say like the, the lyrics are less important than the melody. People connect more with your melody. Like, I mean, I even did like uh, for a while, me and my buddies did like a Nirvana cover thing uh, in Hollywood when, when I was home from touring. And it was awesome, but I would write the lyrics down and they made no sense. Like a lot of them, it was just like, whoa, this is crazy. But you sing it and you, you hear it and it, it connects to you somehow. So, yeah. Oh, I mean, so there awesome. are those times though, that, that things float or flow and I'll write it down like a poem. And then one day I'll be like, oh, that fits to what I'm mumbling. Just need to twist some things up, you know? So it'll be an accidental write lyrics before the music but usually it's not on it's not intentional to be like i'm writing my song now now i'm going to put chords to this yeah yeah that reminds yeah. me of under the bridge with uh anthony kiedis you know like you wrote oh the right yeah 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 that kind of reminds me of that yeah you know? like, oh right on that. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i love know, that song it's a great song oh yeah man me too man i love the <laughs> the documentary they did around that um oh yeah I was, I was thinking about you you know you're playing drums and everything we're talking about food fighters mm -hmm. and like uh 
Does your drummers ever like? Do you tell your drummer what to play? Basically, I mean, or, is, or do you guys kind of collaborate? Uh, do you ever? I mean, yeah, I, I guess there's like a pressure <laughs> there, right? There was until I got the best drummer in LA, or my favorite rock drummer, aside from like the guy from the Knack and Dave Grohl. Right on. It's my drummer Dylan, and Dylan. so it's funny because you know so many so many great drummers have a very similar style, like. Um, it's a uh, if you're a rock guy, then you got the you know just that big banging kind of style, and that was always my style. And uh, my style evolves with with whoever's playing with me, you know. If if I feel like they're inspirational, you know. So for example, in my early bands, I would always record the drums. I would be like, okay, I'm playing the drums. I would do the whole girl thing, like you know, for the first right. record or whatever, and then. <laughs> When I well, when ages started, um, sorry, people are texting me. Get out of here right now. Oh, um, so <laughs> when uh, actually no, sorry, when the licks started, um, we went through a bunch of drummers. Drummers are just hard to keep, so we went through a bunch of drummers. And one of the drummers is my buddy Jason that we I pulled out from Austin. Uh, I had filled in for a band that he was playing in, and he has this crazy like soulful like powerful way of playing where he's like um we had this licks have a song called mindful of daggers which when dave girl came in and recorded uh the four on the floor record that was the only beat that i told dave because we let dave be like okay you're recording drums on our record you're being our drummer this is amazing but there's one song you can't change the first drums to and my band was so freaked out that i told him this because they were like dude you just told dave Grohl like he couldn't play what he was going to play and i was like jason had a better part i'm sorry and the part the the great thing about jason the way he played so like the beat goes to to doom doom you know so it's like you're going between the accents but you're keeping the the quarters on the hi-hat so it's you know so you're switching like that um and it sounds simple enough but not a lot of people can do that and I had never seen it done until Jason did it. And so, of course, I'm like, you know, now I'm inspired and like motivated to play more like him. So I learned it. I had to show it to Dave, which was pretty rad. And it tripped him up for two two tries, two tries. And then after that, it was like, wow, nobody's ever played it so good. Um, it was oh, insane. Wow. But then, uh, dude, that's uh, amazing. I did play uh, on the first record. I played drums on one song on uh Actually, J- Jason was the drummer. He played piano. I played drums in one of the songs, um, which was weird. Um, but then fast forward to ages, our drummers uh, up until Dylan would kind of uh, lead off my drum machine or performance examples on the demos to like guide. And a lot of times we had this guy, Mike, he would basically play exactly what I played. So it was like I had to have the song done because it wasn't going to change. And now when I write a demo, it doesn't matter what drums I can have on it. I give it to Dylan and it's going to be like so different in the best way to where all of a sudden the song just goes from here to here. And it just makes you think. And it's awesome. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, dude, that, that's that's yeah. that that's uh that's that's so crazy that you you just kind of like nonchalantly throw Dave in there like yeah yeah Dave's a drummer <laughs> or whatever yeah, I showed him a thing or yeah. two can, can you just like real quick cool. talk about how how that came to fruition yeah so so being 
being in a band with Julia Lewis opens a lot of doors because a lot of people want to meet her, right? And so the cool thing about the licks was people always like, oh, it's another actor band, whatever. And then once they saw it, they were like, oh man, this is like a band. And the singer just happens to be an actor as well. Like, I still don't think there's, I would say there's not, but there's very few bands that had as much stage charisma and originality and like excitement as we did. It never stopped. There was some crazy magic happening. We could be all like in a blackout of just like running around, but know exactly if somebody fell off here, following them. No one had to look at each other at all. It was it was a magical connection that we all have. We still have it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but the way that we met Dave was Dave wanted to meet Juliet. Juliet wanted to meet Dave. And I think we were doing a festival. And they met. And next thing you know, he meets us. He thinks we're awesome. He was totally vibing on the fact that I had a beard and long hair. And he's like, oh, yeah, just like me. This is cool. <laughs> and, you know, we would grow down. And he invited us to play Hyde Park. Uh, it was that was a crazy show. So it was London Hyde Park, 90,000 people sold out. And it was, Foo so this is top to bottom, right? It was Foo Fighters, Motorhead, Queens of Stone Age, Angels and Airwaves, Juliet and Licks. That was the show. So it started with us. So Juliet and Licks, Angels and Airwaves, Queens of Stone Age, wow. Motorhead, Licks. It was crazy. That's and so the backstage, crazy. backstage was all of us, you know, we were all just chilling. And we became really good buds. We partied and like hung out and did the whole thing. And so he was like, you know, Christmas was coming up and we had actually just gotten rid of our drummer. So we had somebody filling in on this show. Am I getting this right? Crap. No, I'm getting it wrong. See, it's been so long. Crap. I think that was after Girl recorded with us. Okay, let's just say it's before. We're, we're just going to go with the story because this I'm getting lost in my own story now. It's been so long. But either way, we became buddies and he offered his uh, his 606 studio as a gift for Christmas for three days. He said, you know, come in, yeah. record and, and, and work on some demos, do whatever. And as we were going in to record with him, we didn't have a drummer. We had let our drummer go and we're like, Julia, it's like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And I always pushed like, I, I'll play drums. I'll play drums. It's fine. But, you know, she was like, no, you play guitar. We're not going to do that. Like, okay. Um, and so she tells girl, like, I don't know if we can do it. We don't have a drummer. And he's like, well, I'll play, I'll play on the demos. You know, it's just demos. It's fine. And it's free. You yeah. know? So now we got a studio and, and one of the best rock drummers ever for free. Yeah. And he had such a great time. He goes, you know what? I'm just going to play on your whole record. It's fine. I'm going to play on your whole record. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we, we got to demo. I think we demoed two or three songs with him. Maybe. Only one of them made the record. Uh, and I think we kept it from that, from 606. Everything else we did at Jim Henson's studio, Henson in uh, in LA. And um, he was, he had just finished with Teeth, that Nine Inch Nails record. Oh, and he yes, was showing yeah, us, it hadn't, that, yeah. it hadn't come out yet. And he was showing us that record. Um, and so he told us, he goes, this record's pretty cool. He's like, but your record, I'm going to make it my drum record. This is going to be like my, this is what I can do as if, as if he would hand a resume out, you know, oh, he was like, cool. this is going to be my best drumming 
We're like, wow. All right. Like, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. But here's a cool story. Sorry to fast uh, to rewind a little bit. So when I got the 606, the first day of, of recording with Dave, I get into the studio. I think I was the first one there. And I walk in and I go upstairs. There's like the lounge. And when I walk up, I'm like, I everyone has their back to me because there's a couch. They have their back to me and they're watching a, t- on a TV, right? Or movies on. And I was like, oh, crap. I tried to be quiet. And Dave turns around and he goes, oh, hey, man, come on, come on over. It's all good. And it was the the first uh, the first round of edits of Pick a Destiny. So it was him and oh, Liam yeah. Lynch on the couch. And I was like, wait, what is this crazy movie? He's like, oh, <laughs> me and this guy made a weird movie. I'm the devil. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It was That's cool. something like you never forget. It's like a song oh, times never. like these, you know? Yeah, I did. I just like paused. I froze for a second. I was like, what? And and uh, I don't know if you remember, but Liam Lynch had that song, uh, United States of Whatever, that had okay. come out. And it's my United States of Whatever. That's yeah. kind of how it went. And I it's a crazy it song. It's awesome. Yeah, crazy song. But Liam Lynch now does like all the Royal Blood uh uh, wow. music videos like queen music videos he's, he's like got this crazy style but he did pick a destiny and he did pick it up yeah that's so cool yeah and so that was just the, it blows my mind thinking that one of my favorite movies because it's such an amazing movie yeah i i got to see it before it came out but only a section with the Dave director Girl. and one of the actors yeah, <laughs> yeah. i was like what it didn't connect you know i didn't know what was happening god that's yeah. amazing that's uh, that's it's incredible cool. dude yeah it's a pretty cool Pretty cool moment in time. Yeah. Uh, we got to talk about, uh, last thing, uh, we got to talk about Chevelle, man. Like, how, how did you, yeah. uh, how did you get it in with those guys? Uh, so, I guess the the short of it is, I don't even know if it's short. I don't know why I said that, because nothing I say is short. <laughs> um, so, at the time, uh, they had just come out with La Gargola which uh, we came out with Waitlist. They came out with Lagargola. So Waitlist was our first like major, first and only major label release. And I was like, we we need to get out with great bands. And they came out with that record. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is the band that we need to tour with. They just came out with this amazing album. I think their fans would get us. They've been around for you know a long time and they're, they're, they're slang, you know? Their fans get it. They're music lovers, you know? And so... Our booking agent couldn't get in touch with them. Our management couldn't get in touch with them. This is, in my mind, this is what this is. So they say. I don't. I don't know how you you can't get a response, you know, from people because mm. you all work together. Your right. your offices are are you know you all have each other's numbers, but they couldn't get in touch with them. So I go, all right, fine. I have to pull a card, you know, because from being in all these bands that. Uh, for my whole life, I have numbers and and stuff in my phone that I'm saving. You know, I'll reach out or whatever. But yeah. one of them was uh, their producer, engineer, mix engineer Joe Barisi, who does like Ten Thousand Days Tool album. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. Did the the last four Chevelle records, Caius, everything. He did. Dude's a superstar. You know, Soundgarden, Queens, like the dude's the best. And Amazing. so. Yeah, so he had actually hired me to help him with his recording school. And so I'd play drums, sing, and guitar and stuff while he would teach his students. And so through that, we became buddies. And I was like, okay, this is my last resort. I'm going to use the card. And so I call him and I go, hey, man, I I hate doing this, but this is my only option. My people can't get in touch with them. 
you just did the Chevelle record. You know them best. We want to tour with them. Do you think that they would like us? Do you even like our band? Do you feel comfortable if you like our band showing them at least or whatever? And he goes, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, your band's cool. I can totally show them. And within 24 hours, we had um, we had an offer, like not just like, a, oh, cool. We like your record. It was an offer for two and a half weeks, like money, everything, like just the contract pretty much. And our guys wow. said they couldn't do it. But Joe Barisi hits them up. Boom. 24 hours later, we're signing a contract to go on tour for two and a half weeks. That's and, a heck of a card to pull right there, man. Like 24 yeah, hours later. Was, I, yeah. I, I felt I still tell him every time I talk to him that I, I owe him so much, if not yeah. everything. Right. Um, so we went out for two and a half weeks. They took us out for a short one. They liked us. We were cool guys. You know, they liked the music, took us out for a longer one then a longer one. And next thing you know, we've done four four runs with them and throughout this whole process i was just just being a nice guy that's kind of what i told uh your buddies is like just be cool you never know what's gonna happen just make friends you know as long as you connect and you guys like each other just be be chill and so we all became friends and pete would come to la a bunch the singer and hang out him and his wife would come and my wife and i uh would go just grab drinks with them and hang out fast forward the 2020 i'm in a in a room jamming as their bass player you know the dean had left and i was the as far as i know the first and only phone call of like hey we just saw you posted a photo of you playing bass you like playing bass <laughs> didn't know you played bass i was like oh yeah i did i had some free time and i just wanted to try something new because i played bass with this band the new regime because they were looking for a bass player and uh i was like yeah i like it you're like you want, to, you want to play bass with us like yeah i do i, I really do you know <laughs> yeah. they're like you you don't mind playing bass i was like dude i'll play any instrument with good people and like a killer band you know i think like because you're only playing that instrument for an hour and a half on stage or two hours or, or whatever it is and then you're just with them for the rest of the 22 hours you know yeah so it's just like yeah whatever um and that's pretty much how it started it's just we were buddies you know, kept that connection going and kept it strong. And then they saw that I was doing what they needed and they offered it to me and it worked out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I will say that it was, it was tougher than I thought it would be as far as learning the songs. Cause you hear the songs, you think, okay, I got this, but then there's so many little changes in the right hand and like a note here and there that I was like, Oh man, this is a lot more thought out and like really in depth so it took a little it took a little bit yeah it was cool yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah uh, do, do, and they played like these huge festivals right i mean is it are mm -hmm. you guys doing festivals like i think of like rockville or something did you guys play yeah that? we did yeah we did rockville so the the rockville is a danny Wimmer danny Wimmer festival Wimmer, yeah, yeah. And we do yeah we do all the danny Wimmer ones so rockville aftershock um sonic temple yeah, all of them. We did uh, the We Were, not We Were Young. It was, that was the emo one. We did the Sick New World Fest. That's not Oh, a you played one, that? The, oh, wow. That's cool. That was crazy. My dog came. I mean, my wife came uh -huh. and brought my dog. And right. uh, it was so crazy. She had the headphones. Um, I got recognized. I don't oh, know if cool. I got recognized. I got recognized the next day grabbing coffee 
well, I saw this, this couple like looking at me and I, you know, I don't know if they're looking at me or if they're looking at somebody else, whatever. So I didn't really, you know, I looked over kind of wave, whatever. And I had my dog with me. Well, I got the coffees going to the car and my wife's waiting for her coffee. I get the car cooled down and she's about to leave. And these people are like, Oh, excuse me, excuse me. I'm so sorry. Is that the dog from the stage? <laughs> so my dog, my dog got recognized. Yeah. She's, she's a little celebrity now, man. Yeah, you um, like you want a selfie yeah. with the dog? You know, you take. Yeah, <laughs> that's she hilarious. She loved it, man. She was a hit. She was like hanging out with everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, that's so cool. Hey, do you get yeah. like um, playing with these like huge festivals? Um, it, do you do you ever get like nervous or like is there just like a are you used to being in front of the, that many people? Like, what do you trip out on that or uh, anyway? Uh, I trip out on the fact that they're, that they're listening to me play, you know, and then I'm doing something that that many people want to hear, you know, regardless if I wrote it or not, say, for example, the Chevelle thing, I'm in front of tens of thousands, if not a hundred thousand people at some of these festivals playing a baseline. I'm one of three people that are making this wall of sound that all those people that are in front of us want to hear, yeah. you know? So there's, there's possibly a, a quarter of those people singing my backups and and humming my bass lines because those bass lines are super memorable you know so that never gets lost on me it's freaking awesome it's super cool i feel very fortunate in that way because they could have chosen anybody else i'm not the only one that could do this by any means you know what i mean yeah, i'm just the, the one that i'm the lucky guy that got picked you know um and so that's why you know you got to work at it every day that's why you can't just you know phone it in um, but as far as getting nervous, I don't, I don't know why I, like I, it's, it's my natural place, you know, like the guys have even said, they're like, dude, no matter what's going on, we just look over and you're just having the time of your life. Like you're not stressed. You're not nervous. You're oh, just that's a doing your thing. Yeah. And so I wouldn't say I was born to do this. I don't know if anybody's necessarily born to do anything, but this is something that, uh, feels very natural to me you know yeah and I, mm. i'm very comfortable up there wow <laughs> oh, that's that's, yeah. that's amazing that's yeah. great oh thanks yeah so so is um so ages is doing a new album is chevelle gonna do a new album as well i mean you guys trying to balance that out with different bands you know like, yeah yeah so so the ages one like i said it's pretty much done we're just going oh, on yeah, the next yeah, stages right. the, yeah the chevelle one um there is there is there is uh, a new one being worked on and time will tell as far as when it'll be done because it's it's one of those things of like just making sure you've got all the right songs um and uh yeah it's it sounds awesome it sounds awesome that's what i could say for sure Did they let it you sing on it cool. or, or, can you t can you can you are you singing with them or can you say that or not or i don't know uh well i can say this because i'm not singing okay. on it so okay. I can tell you that I'm not. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not seeing it. Yeah, yeah. But um, it is rad. It is cool though. I think fans are gonna be pretty stoked on it. You know, I mean, as everything they put out is freaking awesome, dude. Everyone's always stoked. So it's just they're they're the thing I love about that band is it's it's uh they've been around for so long mm. and they're they're of the status of these other bands that have phoned it in to a, a little bit. I don't. I'm not. I'm not trying to put anyone down by any means. You know. Yeah. um but they're they kind of have their formula they're like oh this works for our hit we're gonna do this we're gonna do this but those guys 
they're not concerned about that and they're not trying to write that same song again you know and so every album is different and new and fresh it still sounds like them because it's it's them you know uh and that's kind of what 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 uh what's coming from this one is just like it's them but it's not it's not the red again or send the pain blows you know mm-hmm. or even the radius like it's just killer yeah yeah i can't wait to hear this is good <laughs> yeah dude yeah that's so yeah. cool man hey uh kimmel man I, I you know i really appreciate being on the show like this this means a lot to me man this is really cool you're an interesting oh, dude man, i appreciate like, it oh thanks <laughs> i thought you do like a part two you know just stories man i bet you got like hey, a million dude. stories right yeah there's so many i feel like like it, it's it i I feel kind of like a jerk not a jerk but like <laughs> i talk so much and then my stories kind of lead into other stories and i start thinking like i've been talking for a really long time I don't know if anybody wants to hear this. You know what I mean? Oh, so they there, do, man. Your story's rule. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. I appreciate it. So this is, I'm kind of like, this. Just it, it's like a surface level story right now. There's a ton of other stuff. So if you ever want to do a part two, man, I'm around. Yes. And not a lot of, it's, it's always the fun thing is like, anytime I do interviews, uh, like you and the, and the Josh interview, like this one was a little longer, which is awesome, but people don't always dig deep enough into the conversation to allow me to tell these stories and i don't want to just give them mm-hmm. because i don't know if anyone wants to necessarily hear them but i want to tell them and so i appreciate you asking the questions that allow me to uh talk about some of the fun things i've i've been fortunate enough to do oh thank <laughs> you so much man that mean that's yeah. a huge compliment i was thinking it'd be so cool if you had your own podcast and you could be like story time yeah you know? <laughs> dude i've thought about it because like I guess I guess I get distracted or 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 kind of in my own head of like there's so many people that have it you know what I mean so mm-hmm. why yeah. what am I offering and in my mind my podcast would literally just be me interviewing the guys from my band especially mainly the licks because the ba- or the guitar player Todd he's now the bass player of the Offspring oh, uh, the other that's cool. or the bass player yeah the bass player is now uh, the guitar player he texts for Thundercat uh he does all this cool stuff he's a guitar player for uh brett scallions who's original singer for fuel oh Um, cool man yeah yeah and so like we've all branched out uh and had our own version of success and are still playing as opposed to like some of those bands that break up especially back then you know earlier mid 2000s now that's like 10 years 15 years ago so for all of us to still be in the business and making a living off the business or mainly the business and not having to do much else. There's so many things to talk about, but I don't know how many people want to hear me talk to just my bandmates. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll try it. We'll see. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Or, or, you know, or you could write a book or something. That'd be cool. See, I want to write a kid's book. Really? I'm not a huge That's fan cool. of writing a main book. I want to do a kid's book. I've been wanting to do that for like ever. Yeah. Wow. You should do it. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of people. I, should. That I need that. to. That's really cool. Yeah. I need to like hyper focus, figure out what it would be. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. guitar player of um, Zach Brown band did one. Um, oh, cool. Koi uh, Bowles, uh, I think I'm saying his name right. Yeah, but it was killer, mm-hmm. man. That's a great idea. Oh, that's you should awesome. do that, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate the the vow of confidence. Yeah, man. <laughs> and support. <laughs> hey, Kimmel, man. Thank you again for being on the show, brother. And let's keep in touch, man. This will uh, this will be out soon, man. I really appreciate it. This is really cool. 
Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me, man. It was great uh, chatting with you and meeting you, seeing you face to face. Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> man. We got to keep in touch, man. It means a lot. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, when I'm in your town or whatever, if uh, you want to come to any of those shows, just let me know. Done deal. Thank you so much, dude. That means <laughs> the world. Very cool, yeah, brother. yeah. All right, man. Well, you have a good <laughs> night, dude. thanks, dude. You too. I'll talk Yeah, to you nice later. chatting with you, brother. Absolutely. All right. Likewise. I'll see you, bro. See ya.